Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, July 31st virtual show. Because of COVID, our show is temporary uh, virtual, but you can hear us on podcast, also on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 p.m., 8 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to help you answer any questions that you have or connect with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Michael... Legree of Michael Legree Computer and Network Services. How does a home-based individual or small business find honest, conscientious, on-site, complete, and competent Windows PC assistance that is priced fairly? Well, you'll learn that today. Also, we have in studio Mindy Trevino of Dynamic Designs Jewelry how custom jewelry can help build your business. And last guest in studio is Judy Shushitsa of Fina Flowers Incorporated, how the industry of flowers has changed. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information or to connect with our guests, please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start out today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. What do you got going on today, Keelan, to share with our listeners? Well, I was going to talk about uh, some interesting predicament in the housing market here locally in Seattle. Um, and I want to elaborate on that a little bit. And it's been interesting and been paying really close attention since the whole coronavirus. Um, it's not that we don't pay attention, but that's definitely a curveball. Um, so sales of previous owned homes rose 20.7% in June over the prior month to a seasonal adjusted annual rate of 4.72 million, according to the National Association of Realtors on Wednesday of this week. So despite that gain, and that sounds crazy, uh, overall purchases are actually still down by 11.3% uh, from a year ago when homes sold on an annual pace of 5.32 million. So we're down a little bit. Um, for June in King County, there were 3,471 active listings, which is a 40% decrease from the same time last year. So overall listings have plunged 18.2% uh, from a year ago to uh, at 1.57 million. So the interesting predicament here is uh, the demand is rising like crazy. It's going out of control and the supply is way down. Uh, and, and I mean, it's been going down. We are now at the 13th 
straight month of shrinking supply. So um, the limited supply, of course, naturally supply and demand is raising prices uh, on homes. And me and Tina are seeing this all the time. We're extremely busy um, right now, and we have a fantastic team, and we build our team according to, you know, what we need to build. Our, our closing date last month, even in coronavirus, something crazy. It was like 22 days. Like, banks are having trouble closing loans at like 60 days, 45 days, and our average closing was 22 days. So we're killing it and doing well and um, still providing the top-notch service to everybody uh, out there, and it's not an issue. But we've noticed that, I mean, the amount of – I haven't even seen any uh, contracts come across my desk without 5, 10, 15 additional offers for these homes and people, you know, putting in on these homes, these bidding wars and things like that. So um, the issue is definitely the supply, but you know what? The mortgage rescue – or excuse me, the mortgage business – to the rescue, I should say, completely said that backwards. But anyways, um, these low rates and are, are really holding up this market, you know, and, and it's making it more affordable for, for people. You know, when rates are low, you can buy more, get more bang for your buck. So as housing prices are going up, these low interest rates that we have are allowing people to, to still go out and buy homes, and they're trying hard. So um, the key to us seeing, though, here locally in Seattle uh, a year-over-year gain is going to literally be an, all about the sellers and making sure uh, that we can get some more inventory out there in the market. Another thing is coronavirus has played a part in, in people going out there and uh, having possibly having the money to go buy something dilapidated and things like that. Even those things, people are, you know, big companies are swooping them up and flipping them because obviously the supply and demand thing. So, um, it's getting really, really interesting out there in the market, and it's continuing to get more interesting as this time's going to go. And uh, a call to action to all of our uh, listeners out there. If you own a home, I mean, man, is it a time to sell right now? Uh, you know, you're getting top, top, top dollar. If you are blessed to be in a position where you can do that and you can sustain your family and you can uh, you can take on a new home, I don't, besides, you know, that, the fact that you'll get a bunch of money for your home, the new home you're going to buy has the lowest rate ever. And thinking about the financial advisor and me, you know, um, buy low, sell high. Well, man, I don't think you'd ever refinance your house ever again. Your interest rate would be super low. Go take on an investment property. Your mortgages will be low. Great opportunity to make some income. I mean, right now, I see opportunity for those who can take advantage of it. So uh, call to action, sell your house. (laughs) You know, great information. And, yeah, our team is rocking. So thank you so much to all of our team that supports uh, Keelan and I both in the – a lot of buyers that we're helping, as you said. And yeah, interesting, Keelan, that's really great data and great information to share. And yes, it's a really great time to sell. And we've talked about this in different ways, depending on what market we're in. We're never in a buyer's and a seller's market at the same time. It's always a buyer or a seller market. So yes, right now you can get a really great bang for your buck in selling. It's going to cost you more to buy, whereas in an opposite market, you can get a real discount on your buy, but you're losing on the sell. But what Keelan stated here is a key point. 
the fact that you can get top dollar when you sell and you can get historical low interest rates on that buy, that happens to make it favorable on both sides, which is really unusual that you have that opportunity. Uh, so great call to action uh, there, Keelan, uh, for sure. I'm going to talk a little bit of numbers today, too. The Fed chair, uh, Ramon Paul, said that the Fed would be willing to do whatever it takes to foster maximum employment and try to get back down to the pre-pandemic levels. He said that the Fed will continue to buy assets, including, of course, mortgage-backed securities, at least at the current pace. They also said that they would be willing to do more if they thought it would help. Now, the bond market took this as a positive sign because the Fed is going to be buying for a long time. When the bond market is favorable, that's good for interest rates. The advance for first look at the second quarter, GP, GDP gross domestic product was reported at a negative 32.9%, which was a little bit better than the negative 34.7% expected, but was the worst reading on record. This means based on the drop that we would need to see is about 50% in this 50% gain in order to just get us back to where we were. Initial job claims for last week was released, showing 1.43 million individuals who filed for unemployment benefits for the first time. This was about 12,000 higher than last week and the second week in a row for the higher figures. Uh, this speaks to some states reclosing things and the exhaustion of PPP funds. Continuing claims of those continuing to receive benefits also are worse and increased from 16.7 million to 17.018 million. Uh, there's also the PUA or pandemic unemployment assistant claims that are not captured in the headline. These are people who usually would not approve for unemployment benefits. We've talked about this before. This is like gig workers and contractors. Those claims which are separate and in addition to the headline claims totaled 830,000 last week. So continuing on the PUA claims improving slightly from 13.18 million to 12.4 million, but are extremely high. Now, total people receiving some type of benefit improved slightly from 31.8 million to 30.2 million based on the total receiving benefits divided into the labor force of 160 million. There is likely a 19% unemployment rate. Now, the Mortgage Bankers Association released their mortgage application data for last week showing that overall application volume fell slightly by 0.8% from the previous week. Purchases were down 2%. However, on a year-over-year -year basis, Keelan talked about this, are now 21% higher. Pending home sales, which measures signed contracts of existing homes, were up 16.6% in June. And after rising 44.3% in May, year-over-year -year sales up 6.3%. A report by the Census Bureau showed that, showed that the U.S. homeownership rate increased by 65.3% to 67.9% the second quarter of 2020, which is almost a 12-year high. Now, this is a bit of the double-edged sword because sword, because strong homeownership levels are good and to extend, but you don't want to figure this, you don't want it to be too high because it's going to be less people, potential buyers that are going to be coming into our market to continue to drive that. Now, Case-Shiller Home Index, which is considered the gold standard for appreciation, sure, the nationally that there is 4.5% annual gain in Maine, May, which was down from 4.6% in April. The 20th 
city index decreased from 3.9% in April to 3.7%. However, these are still very strong appreciation figures, especially with all the adversity that the housing market has been faced. Now, part of the reason for the strong gain is the lack of supply, which Keelan talked about. Regionally, prices gained in Phoenix, Seattle, whoop, whoop, and Tampa continue to be the strongest in the nation. Phoenix posted 9% year-over-year price increase, followed by Seattle, which is 6.8% increase in Tampa, which was 6% increase. The states that saw the smallest gains were Chicago, New York, makes sense, and San Francisco. And that is your money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, how does a home-based individual or small business find honest, conscientious, on-site, complete, and competent window PC assistance that is priced fairly? Well, we have Michael Legree of Michael Legree's Computer and Network Services right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. Is there someone in your life that you've been wanting to do something special for? Fina Flowers loves being able to bring a smile to their face with a creative floral arrangement delivered to their door. Fina Flowers is an award-winning florist that has been in business for over 32 years. To order your smile, call Fina Flowers at 425-825-8181 or visit their website, finaflowers.com. Again, that number is 425-825-8181 or their website, Fina Flowers, that's F-E-N-A, flowers.com. We can use more smiles in this world. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, July 31st virtual show. Because of COVID, our show is temporarily moved virtually. You can hear us on podcast and catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at one 855 41150 or on the com. And now in our show, we have our on our show, our virtual show for the first time, Michael Legree of Michael Legree Computer and Network Services. How does a home-based individual, a small business find honest, on-site, complete, and competent window PC assistance that is priced fairly? right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Michael, are you on mute over there? I am now on mute. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> Love to see you. Thank you. I know this is a regular thing with our virtual shows, but I think it uh, it happens a lot on all virtual shows right now. So, Michael, thank you uh, for joining us. And a little bit about Michael. After graduating from University of Washington with a BA in accounting, Michael started off his employment as a CPA and spent about 15 years there before he found out how to use personal computers. We're becoming in the, uh, the late 1980s. After sharing the rest of his professional endeavors uh, between accounting versus computers and networks, he went back to school in 2005 in order to pass Microsoft-sponsored exams and qualify for a title of Microsoft Certified 
systems administrator. He then went into business for himself where he remains today and calls himself the Windows House Call Computer Guy. Love it. Michael provides Microsoft Windows computer and network services to individuals in their homes and to small home-based businesses. Michael, let's start out with this. So you were a um, you were an accounting uh, degree and then uh, CPA, and then you decided to switch over to computers. How the heck did that happen? Well, I had my own firm. I, I left a large firm and uh, soon after graduation and uh, started my own firm. And I had a one-man CPA shop in the early 80s, and everybody was computerizing. So I thought, well, I better do that. And I thought it was kind of a necessary evil. I just fell in love with it. So I fast forward a few years, I joined my firm with another fellow in the late 80s, and no one else had too much interest in computing or networking. So I became the computer guy of the network. And it just grew from there. My boss finally retired so, years later, and I decided to go back to school and get some certifications. That is awesome, Michael. So let's talk about the certification. What does certification mean? And what is Microsoft Certified Systems Administrator? It's a title that Microsoft, they don't actually offer that exact title anymore, but it, it means that um, that I have passed some pretty rigorous exams that are sponsored by or created by Microsoft to test industry known knowledge on Microsoft systems. And a system means I understand how networks work and how large groups of computers and users of computers group together. That's actually called a domain. And uh, it means that I understand how those are grouped together and for security purposes, connectivity purposes, uh, and uh, so that users and computers and administrators can share network resources like computers. Um, and, and you know, you keep the accounting department away from the engineering department, and the 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 the, the people out in the uh, on the on the floor cutting the boards don't see the payroll and th those sorts of things. It means I understand systems, networks. Yeah. That's Sounds like, and you got to keep everybody in their own lane so everybody is mastered at what they do. Even, even when yeah. they're small. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can imagine that's only getting, I mean, technology is growing and getting crazy. This COVID has even boosted it more. We've talked a lot about that on the show and how this has really cut the strings on everybody kind of holding on to the past. And uh, it's kind of more of a, if you can't beat them, join them. But not only did you join them, Michael, if I, if I understand this correctly, you actually taught classes on this stuff. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, I, I actually, uh, when I got my certification, that was 2006. And after I hung out my shingle, I, I was doing work for a lady in her home. And she introduced me to a, uh, a volunteer group called SeniorNet that she was associated with. And uh, they taught computer classes to seniors. And I decided to go and see what they were all about. And I just fell in love with volunteering. And I found that I had a serious teacher bug in me. And I got good ratings in my in my classes. And so I, I actually caught on with another company in Bellevue for uh, uh, professional um, teaching. Uh, they were a certification facility and I taught the same classes that I passed exams for to get my certification. I've long said, you know, if you want to if you want to learn it, teach it. <laughs> so uh, I, I stood. Isn't that true? I stood in front Go ahead, of Michael. large dollars for classes and uh, it was uh, it, it, it was a it was a great experience. Yeah, and it definitely is true. When you're a teacher, you you continue to master your craft at a very 
quick and high level. So, Michael, I know why you, because we invited you to be a guest on our show, which means that you provide a high quality of service. But for our listeners, what sets you aside and what do you do different than your competitors might do? Um. I don't even know if I would use the word competitors, but I, I understand that it's a concept that we can certainly uh, identify with. Um, there are lots of folks to, to go to these days. Um, one of the things that sets me apart is I am the guy. Um, when you call me into your home or your small business, you get me. Um, and you get the same person that you've called before. I understand what we're going through. Um, I know what we've already traveled. Um, and I take a very conscientious approach to everything. My CPA background says I'm a, I'm a fiduciary when I enter someone's home or someone's business. And I take a very um, careful approach to what we attack. And um, I will find a solution to, I, I've had almost never have there been a, a case where I don't find a solution. So, and I, I don't have a manager looking over my shoulder to say, I've got to charge so many hours or so many dollars. I want to make sure my customer, my client gets great value, more than they paid for. I really, really care about the result. So I take a personal interest. I also bring my teaching bug. I cannot turn it off. Um, I want that person to be stronger when I leave. I want to show them seven shortcuts. And I want them to sit with me when we do stuff. Don't go make dinner while I work on the computer. Sit beside me and show me what you need help with. I want to work with you and make you stronger today and tomorrow. I may never see them again. I may come in one time and we fix or do whatever is necessary. And uh, so I take a personal, a very uh, interested approach in uh, uh, bringing tremendous value and conscientious uh, experience to the, to, to the table. Michael, you bring up a very valuable point. Like, first of all, computers are very complicated and it can go down so many different rabbit holes, you know? So what you're trying to fix could be in a whole different lane. And, you know, so for you to kind of encompass the entire thing, I think is an invaluable service. And I mean, one thing is probably, I, and we've experienced this because we've tried to implement a lot of things with our businesses, me and Tina, and you always find one thing leads to another thing, which leads to another thing. And that can get really messy. And just like anything, you go to a huge giant company and um, you, it's like talking to customer service for one of those where you got to explain your problem seven times and talk to six different people. It can be very frustrating. So you bring a very, very valuable point. Um, so do you, do you really uh, do computer repairs per se, or what exactly do you do? Yeah, virtually everything is it, it, repairs of a device almost never anymore, Keelan. You know, th th these computers that a computer itself, of course, you know, what's going to be repaired? My gosh, it's it's not very cost effective to try and repair a piece of a computer. You know, it, what's going wrong is probably three, four five years old anyway. So uh, it's, if it's brand new, it's probably under warranty. Um, if it's old, it probably should be considered to be replaced. So a repair, typically not. But my visits are usually to um, assist in something that just isn't working right. Uh, you know, uh, there's a new printer and we can't get it to connect. Um, um, uh, setting up a brand new computer. Um, how do I configure my backups? Um, I want Office 365. I'm moving from an old, old Word program. How do I get that to work? Where, where's, where's my files and my folders? Uh, do I put my backups on the network or do I do them online? It's more, um, it, it's software connectivity and an overall systems approach orientation that I take. Repairs, no. That, if something is going wrong, it's probably a throwaway item and it, we don't repair.
Um, even uh, adding additional uh, um, hard drives or memory anymore, pretty darn rare. I used to go to the retail store regularly. They knew me by first name. Here comes Mr. Legree again. And I was buying <laughs> memory to put in old desktop computers. And it just doesn't pan out very much. It, it's not expensive, but you don't get much for it. We ought to take a look at um, something that's more effective, probably a new machine. If it's three to five years old, yeah. probably working fine, but um, it, 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 we don't put a new hard drive in an old machine and you're still stuck with five-year-old equipment. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, Michael, let's talk about uh, Interbuyer inter Introduce that, you know, you work with uh, homeowners and small business owners. Talk a little bit more about your uh, your perfect market. My, I would love to be known in a neighborhood or a, a community as the guy to go to. Um, I do a lot of work with one particular neighborhood that's near me. It's a, a, a senior community. I've been to about 20 homes in this neighborhood, and I'm in their electronic newsletter, and people call me because I'm, I'm the guy that they're, they see in the newsletter, or they heard about me from a neighbor. My perfect person is an individual in their home. Um, a small business with three, four, five computers and a couple of printers, um, or maybe a, a, a home-based business. Um, I did help a new uh, a, a retail establishment just this last weekend. They moved from one Bellevue location to another Bellevue location, and we took about seven or eight computers and three or four printers, and they have network resources and network backups, and, and, and we moved everything, and they had to get new wiring and new um, internet connectivity and so forth. That's a fairly complex job um, in my arena. I can handle all those things and that's fine, but the perfect individual for me is an individual in their home. Where, where are they supposed to go to? You know, they can call the kids in Massachusetts and do a, a remote session, but the, you know, the kids have bus busy lives. They're not teachers. They typically want to just do it for mom and dad and get off the phone. And I don't blame them, you know, we're all busy. I wanna work with those folks and help them get stronger. I wanna work one-on-one, -on -one. show me your list. Show me your list, okay. you're an individual person in a, or a small home-based business and um, we, we need to get it done. Yeah, Michael, um, one last thing, unfortunately we're already out of time. It goes by really quick. So I just wanted to ask you one last thing. The question everybody has, what does it cost? How do people get a hold of me, uh, hold of me, hold of you? And uh, any last thing you want to leave with our listeners? You bet. Um, uh, my call, I try to charge $80 an hour. And um, I'm usually rounding in favor of uh, rounding down for uh, a good price result because I want to give good value. Um, and contacting me, the easiest way is just my last name.com, um, Legree.com. And my email is my first name at my last name.com. So I'm Michael at Legree.com. And uh, last thing I'd like to leave with um, listeners is do your backups. Losing data, not an option. Um, I was the uh, primary person in my CPA firm for the last seven or eight years I was there to make sure that we did our backup. Losing client data is not an option. I have never lost data files. I've had hard drives go bad, but I will not lose data files. Do your backups, find a way. There's lots of ways and they're not expensive. <laughs> That was a great call to action uh, for you, Michael. And and thank you so much. Like Keelan says, the time goes by quickly, but it was fun having you on the show for the first time. And coming up next to the Money Hour, how the industry of flowers has changed. We have Judy Sushisa of Fina Flowers Incorporated right here at 1150 AM KKNW. 
Is there someone in your life that you've been wanting to do something special for? Fina Flowers loves being able to bring a smile to their face with a creative floral arrangement delivered to their door. Fina Flowers is an award-winning florist that has been in business for over 32 years. To order your smile, call Fina Flowers at 425-825-8181 or visit their website, finaflowers.com. Again, that number is 425-825-8181 or their website, finaflowers, that's F-E-N-A, flowers.com. We can use more smiles in this world. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. And you're listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, July 31st virtual show. Because of COVID, our show is temporarily virtually. Uh, you can listen to us on podcast or on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week on one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We can connect you with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, we have Judy Shashida. Shashida. I really tried to get that right, Judy. Um, it's kind of close, a little tongue twister for me there. Yeah. Uh, Judy is with Athena Flowers, and how the industry of flowers has changed right here in 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, G- uh, Judy, thank you so much for visiting us. Really happy to have you on the show. Thank you. And a little bit about Judy. So Judy, she grew up in... Uh, Weaster, Idaho, opened Fina Flowers in 1988, almost a decade before she had initially intended. The mother of two-year-old and a four-year-old wanted to open up her own flower shop once her kids were preteens, but when the opportunity arose for her to start her own business, she decided to jump right on in. Over the last 33 years, Fina Flowers has been a Kirkland favorite for... Uh, arrangements and service uh, for Judy working in a flower shop has been a 55 year passion. She grew up working in her aunt's flower shop and still screams with excitement with boxes of flowers are delivered. How cool is that, Judy? I, um, I need to have you at my house. I bought a house and I have an amazing yard. I'm very fortunate. It's like the whole reason I bought the house. We have these huge flowers. I don't know what they are at all. So we're going to do like a money hour event at my house. And then I'd love to have you where you can explain to me how I maintain my flowers. I have a landscaping company that helps, but I would love to get your insight on that at some point. Um, you've been in the business for obviously a very long time. I'd be curious to get your feedback on how has, has the flower business changed over the past 55 years? Okay. So if you can believe it or not, you could back in the day, you could only buy flowers in a flower shop. So when you look at that now, you flowers are everywhere. Costco, 7-Elevens, grocery stores, um, on the side of the road, at the gas stations. So really, um, back in the day, uh, 
people who wanted an arrangement would have to actually call a flower shop direct. So the changes have been very different. When, um, when we first heard the news that they were gonna start selling flowers in the grocery stores, that was a big deal for us because all of a sudden, they're, the prices in the grocery stores are a lot less than what you can get in a flower shop. And mostly because they're not really making their money on the flowers. It's really, it's, it's like a little come on for the clients. They're making their money on the, the food. So it's, it got harder and harder for flower shops to make it. So really once that happened, all of a sudden flower shops started dropping off. So that's, probably been the biggest uh, difference for us. Um, I knew long time ago, if I was going to make it, I was going to have to figure out how to cut my margins. So we started buying directly from the growers. And at that time, believe it or not, a retail florist could not buy from a grower. In fact, we got turned down a lot because we had a retail license. So then I ended up getting a wholesale license. (laughs) Because and to grow my business big enough to be able to buy in box lots, because when you buy from the growers, you have to buy boxes of flowers, not just one or two bunches. It was boxes. So I pushed myself to market to grow my business big enough that we could be able to do that. So I love that. And it shows when you're passionate about something, any challenge that comes, you're going to overcome it. And it becomes an opportunity because I don't know about everybody else here uh, that's listening to the show, but I want to buy my flowers for my guests and for gifts from a flower shop, not from the grocery store. So um, there's an opportunity to really be able to uh, thrive in that environment. So let's talk about, uh, Judy, where do you get your flowers from? Where are they grown? So um, when we first started out, um, there were a lot of growers in the California market. And believe it or not, a lot of those growers are gone. Um, Most of those growers in California were, those greenhouses were on the beach. And so, you know, with property value and um, they, and a lot of the growers couldn't make it. So they sold their property for development. So now, A lot of the flowers come out of country from South America. South America, the reason why roses are so good, and it's Ecuador where the roses are nice, is because that's they are the closest to the equator. The weather is pretty much the same year round. And so you get consistency on those roses. The rose heads are bigger, they're stronger. Color-wise, they're just a lot nicer. Um, Even going to Colombia, the roses from Colombia are not as nice. So we also get flowers out of Holland, the Holland market. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to go to the Holland market and see how they move flowers over in Amsterdam. And that was the trip of a lifetime (laughs) to see how efficient they run it, um, the quality of the flowers, how everybody on that floor is moving and working. There is nobody standing around. Um, We also get flowers from Canada. Um, We get flowers locally here. The, The local market here, there's a lot of growers up north in the Skagit Valley 
But again, the growing season is very short here. So when you hear a lot of people talk about sustainability and make sure your flowers are always come locally, I mean, it's nice if you lived in California or you lived someplace else, but um, it's really not realistically. So we kind of actually follow our flowers around the world. Right now we're buying a lot of flowers locally, but once the local market is gone, then we have to start sourcing elsewhere. So. Wow, Judy, you you are a flower connoisseur. I'm learning all kinds of stuff here. This is fantastic. Uh, where the best flowers are and all, that's like a wine. You gotta know all the regions and everything. That's so cool. Um, I'd be curious on getting your feedback on, um, you know, this COVID has obviously affected a lot of business. How has COVID affected the flower business? So (laughs) if I don't know if you saw on Facebook or on the news, when COVID hit, a lot of those growers, they were dumping millions of dollars worth of product. And then what ended up happening, they didn't know how long this was going to last. So they didn't plant. So flowers, it takes, it's about a six to eight week growing cycle. So right now we're in a shortage of flowers. So for, we can only get certain things. Um, A lot of growers ended up going under because they just couldn't make it. They couldn't get, they couldn't get workers back in the field to pick. Um, I grew up on a farm. So product produce does not stand still you have to pick when they are ripe and if you don't then it has to get dumped so when they could not bring workers in that all that product got trashed um prices have gone up tremendously um and to try to even get flowers in from overseas the the shipping there weren't a lot of airlines that were, they were cutting back and that's how we bring our product in is by air. So you had to book your space on that airline. Sometimes it got stopped and it would have to go on another flight. Yeah. So it's, it's been very challenging. Wow. Uh, yeah. So many industries have been hit so hard with COVID and I'm, I'm sorry that uh, your industry has been one of them, but uh, it's nice that, uh, that you're surviving and yeah, it's sad to, hear about the uh, the farmers that's devastating uh judy let's talk about what you need to be what type of education or training do you need or certification to be a floral designer so really i would rather train my own people because we have a certain look that we do here um and it's just nicer to be able to treat or teach somebody your way than having to retrain them to do your way. Um, Most people I can tell, I can give them a picture to look at. If they have an eye to do it, they can be a designer. All they have to do is keep practicing and getting the confidence. And actually, you that's how I learned. I learned from looking at a book when I was about 10 years old to design. And so if you can see it, that's going to be the way that you can do it. So, you just have to be able to be able to work hard. Um, there, there's no prima donnas here. Everybody cleans the buckets, sweeps the floors, takes out <laughs> garbage. That's what you have to do. <laughs> I love it, Judy. What is the difference? I want to get your feedback on this. What's the difference between a local flower shop and like a one in a million online store that you can get some flowers from? 
Okay. So people don't understand on the 800 calls, you are calling a call center that's located who knows where. They are not florists. They're just taking orders. That person then, the call center then has to actually route your order to a real brick and mortar shop to wherever that city that it's going to. We're the ones that are filling the orders. So when you see the discounted prices, offering free delivery, honestly, if we can't do it, we don't accept those orders. So then what happens, you don't get your order filled. Uh, Flower shops, um, I think FTD has been around for 109 years. And that was the, the flower florist to florist network. And it's still better to go to a local florist to have something delivered in another city because we know our product. We can tell you, no, you cannot get peonies in whatever month it is or roses at Valentine's Day. They are going to be higher because we know our product and we know what we can sell. When you go to the 800s, they, they, those people really don't know their product. So that is. Yeah. The and you know, that's. It makes sense. And, you know, we are learning a lot here because I think, you know, maybe I've uh, had uh, Victoria, we maybe used it one time and it was terrible. So that makes total sense. It's kind of like a lead generation for mortgages, but it's a flower generation for florists. So uh, Judy, we have less than a minute to wrap up, but I really want to ask you one final question. After working in the floor industry for 55 years with all of the changes, things that are going on in COVID right now, seeing some of your, your other shops around you closing down, what keeps you in the industry and keeps your passion about what you do? I will have to say a lot of it is customers. When the COVID, when we first came back, we had people calling and saying they wanted to order flowers from us because they did not want us to go out of business. I've had customers ever since I've been in business. They're more like friends than customers. We know them personally. We've been to their homes. We know their kids. (laughs) We're starting to do their kids' weddings. Um, And really my Co-workers, I have got the best team there ever was. They've been supporting me through all my years here in the ups and downs. And I believe it or not, flowers really make people happy. So... So true, uh, Judy. It definitely makes me happy when everybody and whenever someone takes the time and sends me a bouquet of flowers. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're happy to have you on the show and to showcase the beautiful things that you're doing through flowers. Thank you. Coming up next in the Money Hour, we have Mindy and Trevino with Dynamic Dime Jewelry. And we're gonna be talking with Mindy today about how jewelry can help in your business. Right here on 1150 AM, KKNW. Is there someone in your life that you've been wanting to do something special for? Fina Flowers loves being able to bring a smile to their face with a creative floral arrangement delivered to their door. Fina Flowers is an award-winning florist that has been in business for over 32 years. To order your smile, call Fina Flowers at 425-825-8181 or visit their website, finaflowers.com. Again, that number is 425-825-8181 or their website, Fina Flowers, that's F-E-N-A, flowers.com. We can use more smiles in this world. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. 
Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. All right, you are listening to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, July 31st virtual show. Because of COVID, we are virtual, but you can listen to us on podcast. Also catch us on air at 1150 AM KKNW at 3 o'clock on Saturday with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything money. We're here to help you in today's economy. And last guest on studio, we have Mindy Trevino with Dynamic Designs Jewelry and how jewelry can help you in your business. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, and actually, Mindy, uh, has, uh, Jeanette has been in studio, and Mindy works with Jeanette. So I'm going to give kind of a, a bio mm. here with Jeanette and Dynamic, Dynamic Designs has been specializing in making jewelry memories to last a lifetime since 1984. Her newest designer, which we have here today, is Mindy, joins her with 26 years of personal design experience. As personal jewelers for thousands of clients worldwide, the privilege to create one-of-a-kind custom jewelry for their clients or redesign well-loved pieces into beautiful new works of art in their passion. Highly focused on personalized service designs to fit your lifestyle and ways to a superior value that the Dynamic Designs Boutique Style Kirkland Showroom and Relaxed Professional Atmosphere provide an experience like no other. If you're ready to design the jewelry of your dreams, look no further. You have stumbled across across Kirkland's secret treasure. And I will say that that bio speaks exactly what I would uh, share about Dynamic Designs because they're doing some really special things for me. So without further ado, Keelan, I'll let you ask her her first question. Awesome. Hey, you know, custom jewelry has a special place in my heart. Uh, when me and Angela got engaged, we designed her ring together. So she got the diamond for the engagement, and then we both went to the jewelry shop. I didn't know you guys yet, so don't, uh, don't knock me there. Otherwise, I'm sure I would have went to you. But uh, it was an amazing experience together, and it means the world to and, us. Like and I got to do a shout-out. I got to do a shout-out, Mindy. Nobody knew. He didn't tell anybody on the team because if they would have, <laughs> we would have sent him to you. So just a little full disclosure there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but but it's, a, it's literally her favorite possession that she has. So I know mm-hmm. what it means to her. But I want to get your feedback on how mm-hmm. a piece of jewelry can express uh, a personal integrity or uh, an accomplishment in life, I think, is another great one, or an aspiration or a milestone. Um, how do you feel about that? I think that there's nothing that we wear um, that speaks louder than our jewelry, whether it's our wedding ring, talking about who we are as a person that we're married to someone that we love, or whether it's wearing a piece of jewelry that's been passed down, like my grandmother's cross that I wear that reminds me of her every time I I look in the mirror and I see a picture of myself, I'm reminded of how amazing she was. Um, But jewelry actually tells a story about who we are as an individual and what our life is like and uh, what matters to us, but it gives us a doorway to have 
have conversations that um, wouldn't otherwise happen because of just uh, something that catches someone's eye that could be at the grocery store or, um, you know, in the middle of the most unexpected place. And it gives you a chance to talk about who you are and, um, and what your business means to you or what your family means to you. And now all of a sudden that stranger has now become someone that you can kind of feel um, like you have a built rapport with, which happened organically in, um, in a way that um, just becomes a really good experience for people. And they walk away feeling moved and touched by someone's uh, encounter that could have otherwise just been another person, another day, another moment. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it, it truly is such an amazing thing. And Keelan, thank you, you know, for starting out with yours, because I never re- I never wear jewelry except for some costume jewelry that I might put a necklace on, but other than my wedding ring, and that is it. And it's not until recently that I started working uh, with Mindy and Jeanette and coming up and putting together a charm bracelet for all of the words that I come up with every year. And too long of a story to share here today, and it would bring me to tears anyways. But it's just, you have that piece that means so much. Like you said, it opens up conversations when somebody like, wow, that's so beautiful. What is that? And then it creates an opportunity for you to share how you can support them and whatever that platform would be. So let's talk about, uh, Mindy, with your jewelry and connecting that in the business. I think it's a great, uh, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to talk about who, who, you're, who you are, who, what your business is, and being able to um, have a conversation that ultimately could lead to a new client. Uh, it could um, open a, a networking doorway that leads you to connect someone else in your life with that person. And I've had so many amazing conversations with people that started out as strangers within two minutes, um, sometimes ends in a hug and, um, and a business card that's getting passed and um and someone that knows that i'm more than just a jeweler and more than than just somebody that they just met but actually someone that they um they feel connected to in a way that is just really um again very organic and natural and um and both parties walk away knowing the other person more deeply just by that conversation and how it leads to um to a connection that they may have and I like how you say organic and naturally because we all know in business, it's all about connecting with people. It's not about selling our product and service. It's about connecting. And through that connection, they will find whatever you do and whether that's going to be of something that you can support them with. So that's beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. And great. You know, when I'm uh, in my finance career, there's a lot of like trophies per se, like especially when I was a financial advisor. And uh, one of the things that as a guy, we always notice people's watches. You know, there's a guy mm-hmm. with a watch. It'll catch your eye. And then it's, it's like a status symbol at that point. So I'd be curious to get kind of your feedback on how does like custom jewelry showcase small details and and uh, especially for business clients for for you guys. Well, I think especially if you've had a custom piece made, there's a lot of things that go into that. There's conversations about what you like and what you don't like. And those little details are actually wrapped up in that piece. So, um, you know, even taking someone's watch, if I might acknowledge uh, that's a beautiful watch. Now we're talking about the rose detail, rose gold detail they have in there or how that mattered to his wife, where he necessarily never noticed that before. And it's something that really means something to her. So I think um, details in jewelry, especially because there's so many parts that go into that, I think they really do um, give the um, the person that you're talking with an idea of what matters to you. And if a small detail matters to you in your the design of your jewelry piece, how much is it going to matter for the business that you have? And I, 
I feel, at least for me, that if someone has the, the wherewithal to say, you know what, my, my wife really loved this scroll work in my ring, and it was something that was really important to her, and I, and I love that about my ring, I think if I was going to do business with that individual, I would probably for me, recognize that they care about the small details and that it shows in who they are and that would um, transpose into their business as being a part of, of how they do their business. Yeah, and I'd love to, and I can answer this question for myself, but I want your the listeners to hear for a new client who is new to a custom like myself, how can you design a piece of significance? And going back to Keelan's question with small, uh, my newest one, or for 2020, my word was opportunity, and my image was goldfish. And when I when I shared with you the why behind it, the little goldfish and the little details, and she, her beautiful eyelashes, her name is opportunity, <laughs> just literally um, it has been so significant in my life. So talk about it to somebody like me that has never had a custom piece of jewelry made, mm-hmm. and how you can bring that significance in. I think part of it is just asking the right questions. So being able to find out what, how they're going to wear it, what their, what the significance of it is. Um, you bringing me a goldfish means just to somebody who's not asking the question, it's a goldfish. So my question was, what is the purpose of the goldfish? Tell me about the goldfish. And then looking at the individual and seeing how they, how they dress, what kind of activities they like. Is this something that's going to fit into their lifestyle? Or do they want to wear it every day? It has to be something that is going to fit whatever it is ultimately that they're looking for. And so trying to make that custom for even the person, not just the piece, but to the whole individual person um, and make it something that they do want to wear for the rest of their life. And that's the, I think that's kind of the premise behind everything that we do here at Dynamic Designs. And that's why we've been doing it since 1984. And that Jeanette has has is an expert in creating those memories that will last a lifetime. And that's, um, that's something that we cherish. It's very important. That's so cool. You're going to be inspired here. Like I'm thinking about it. Like I never really thought about jewelry that way. And I think like tattoos that way, like my daughter, I have her name in beautiful cursive right here. Cause mm-hmm. it inspires me. The The font inspires me about my daughter and it's something that I can look at. And I think you can do that with jewelry. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to be walking around all jeweled out with tattoos <laughs> at this rate. Uh, so let's say for example, uh, of course I'm interested now how does this work? So from, from a sketch to a CAD, what, you know, what's the process to get to that finished piece? Well, let's use your example of a tattoo. So she, you mentioned that the font was something that you really like. So I would say, let's look at the font or let's take a letter. Or let's look at her name and let's draw that out in that and sketch it out, take a look at it, revise it, make sure that it, it, kind of matches the image that you have if you have one and um, and then we will go ahead and send that over to our CAD team they will go ahead and design a computer version of that um, and then once that has uh, been finalized and you've seen it and you love it then it would go to production and then at that point um, you're you know within you know a week or two you're looking at wearing the piece that was once just a sketch or a thought or a dream or whatever it was for that person and now you're actually holding and wearing something that you can look at. So if you were wearing, let's say, cufflinks with her initials on there in that font that matches your tattoo, or you were wearing a necklace or a bracelet or something that was significant for you, now all of a sudden you're you're showing me something and I go, hey, wow, that's a yeah. beautiful bracelet. What does that say on there? Now you're talking to me about your daughter. Now you're talking to me about you yeah. and who you are. And all of a sudden that doorway opens and we have that conversation. And now we're talking about what you guys do on the money hour. Now we're discussing, um, you know, 
mortgages and all the different things. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm emailing you because I want a mortgage and all it may yes. have come from that one conversation, just from that, uh, that piece that you were wearing that caught my attention, yeah. but it's, but it's something that speaks to your heart. And that's what I think is what we are always looking for. We want something that's more than just a piece of jewelry. It's far bigger than that. It's about the person and the connection to whatever it so is true. that piece represents. So yeah, Minnie, that is so true. (laughs) Not only are you making a difference in the people that you're making the jewelry for, but making a difference in the people that they can support through uh, that conversation piece in the jewelry. Minnie, thank you so much for coming into studio. Mm -hmm. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage expert signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and weekend. We look forward to talking with you more money next weekend right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.